I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as Disney catalog fans, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, yi, yi, yi. Yes, yes. Guys and girls, girls and guys, gather round and feast your eyes. I promise you all, you just can't lose when you have your own supply of Ivan Ooze. We are talking about the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. And I'm pretty sure it is the only Power Ranger thing that Disney still owns. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but it still has the 20th, 20th Century Fox logo in front of it. So I'm counting it. <laughs> we're counting it, damn it. It's going to be in that gray area where we're not quite sure, but we're going with it anyway. Like uh, Brave Little Toaster or or, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I mean, we've Keeping done... our little mousy mitts on it. <laughs> Or, you know, like, like well, Disney owns Marvel. We can do, like, Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man. Or Disney owns Lucasfilm. We can do Indiana Jones. <laughs> so, Power Rangers. Everyone knows what Power Rangers is. Teenagers, spandex, rubber suit monsters, giant robots. You know it. And you and I, Kiki, we were there when it started. Power Ranger Mania, 1993. It was everywhere. They couldn't keep the toys on the shelf. Highways were backed up just to meet the actors. It was... Yeah. What? What's... Um, uh, were you there from the start, or was it one of those, hey, you gotta watch this what, schoolyard kind of conversations? Um, It was one of those... It was on in the afternoon in the middle of, you know, it was, it was the Fox Kids lineup thing. So it was on in the middle of other things I was watching. And I was too lazy to turn the channel. And it was like, oh, you know, I like martial arts stuff. I like goofy things with monsters. I have oh. no idea what this nonsense is, but it looks like my kind of nonsense. You know, when you're watching Batman and Tiny Toons and you and X-Men, hey, that's watching Power Rangers too. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's good guys beat up bad guys and it's bright and colorful and you're in that general age range. But it was absolutely unlike anything I had ever seen before cuz I wasn't an anime kid you know it wasn't i i wasn't i'm not really sure what the timeline was but if it was the appropriate timeline for you know dragon ball z and you know that kind of stuff like whatever that kind of thing was i wasn't into that so not, i never not- really got the anime Japanese end of it. I mean, Godzilla and stuff I got, yeah. I would be a couple of years later introduced to 
uh, a friend of mine would introduce me to a little bit of anime, uh, Ranma, uh, she would introduce me to and a couple of things like that. But I would, I would never be a big anime kid or, or anything. Um, I never got into Pokemon when it became the thing. I found out about Pokemon as a thing through South Park. Their jokes about Pokemon was how I found out Pokemon existed. So that's kind of how out of the loop I was. But Power Rangers was kind of my first introduction to the sort of Super Sentai idea. Mecha robots and that sort of culture. Mm -hmm. So... When I started seeing, like, other Japanese shows, I was like, oh, they took the idea from Power Rangers, not realizing, like, no, you dork, of course not. <laughs> this is Power Rangers took the idea from the Japanese, like everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how out of the loop I was. Yeah, so, so this will likely be the only Power Ranger episode we do. We need to go the quick and dirty history of the whole thing. Um, Toy Galaxy does a lot of in-depth videos on this stuff. If you're more of a season-by-season guy, definitely, uh, if you're not watching them, definitely watch Linkara's History of Power Rangers videos. But here is the quick and dirty one, the, the, the quick and dirty history, as best as I can describe it. 1975, Japanese production company Toy creates the first Super Sentai series, Go Ranger. The show would run constantly. It runs to this very day, resetting every year. New characters, new costumes, new monsters, new robots, everything new, 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 because we need to sell toys. Except for 1978, where Toy would partner with Marvel to produce the Japanese Spider-Man series. And just saying that makes me wish the Japanese Spider-Man was on Disney+. Plus. What do we have to do to make that happen? Speaking of Marvel, fast forward to 1981. Stan Lee uh, moves from New York to Los Angeles to work on the television side of Marvel. At the same time, the fifth Super Sentai series, Sun Vulcan, is airing in Japan, and Stan kind of falls in love with this show. He wants to bring the show to America, either dubbing the show over or in this amazing idea, replacing the Japanese actors with American actors. I don't know if that would work. (laughs) (laughs) But try as he might, no network was interested in uh, Stan Lee's son Vulcan. Sad. Fast forward again to 1984. Haim Saban of Saban Entertainment is in Japan looking for new shows to bring over to the West as a, you know, bring new shows over to a Western audience and discovers the eighth Super Sentai series, Bioman. He takes an interest in the show, gets to rights, films a pilot, amazingly replacing the Japanese actors with American actors. What a concept. But again, try as he might, no network was interested. Uh, For both Stan and and Saban, network said it was too different. It was too foreign. They didn't think an American audience would like a show that originally started in Japan. Fast forward to 1992. Saban has a great success on the Fox network with X-Men the Animated Series. Head of Fox Kids, Margaret Lynch, asked Saban, you got anything else? 
And Saban pulls out the Bioman pop pilot. And something clicked in her head. Because, you see, ten years earlier, Margaret Lynch was working at Marvel and saw <laughs> Sun Vulcan with Stan Lee. <laughs> saw the potential in that show. Unfortunately, no one else did. Lynch greenlights Saban's pilot, which is renamed Power Rangers. Uh, a new pilot is filmed using footage from the 16th Super Sentai series, Ranger, and Power Rangers is here. August 1993, Power Rangers debuts on Fox Kids. Instant hit, instant success. Power Ranger mania was everywhere. Dethroning the previous king of Saturday morning, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sorry. <laughs> and and really, I was already a big Ninja Turtles fan, so this was, you know, a lateral move in that sense, you know? You know, for... Four, t- uh, four teenage heroes kind of using made- martial arts to, to do weird mutant creatures and then it's like well there's five teenagers using martial arts to beat up weird mutants it's like yeah it's kind of a lateral move and really 1993 was the big year because that was the same year that Jurassic Park came out so Dinomania was everywhere. So now we have a TV show with the martial arts action of Ninja Turtles with the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. It's a win-win. Yeah. So, yeah. It was it was a really interesting thing and of course it still had the weird pseudo teen slang Whereas the the Ninja Turtles, you know, had all the like tubular and whatever. The 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 Power Rangers had all their, you know, they had to put morphin into everything, and then More they phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, Power Rangers explodes. It becomes the most popular show on TV at the time. So of course we're going to make a movie. We got to make a movie because we need to capitalize on the success of Power Rangers. And a movie is set to be filmed in the break of the of the filming of the second Power Rangers season. This is where the problems start. Because now these actors who were complete unknowns, who got the got the roles that they got by auditioning, you know, you have martial artists, you have gymnasts. That's what they were, and now these are actors on the most popular TV show in America. Now you're going to make these people movie stars. Three of the actors said, hey, we're on the highest rated TV show in America, and we're getting paid below minimum wage. You know, they could go to freaking McDonald's or Starbucks and make more money than they would be making on Power Rangers. But Power Rangers was cheap because half the show was already filmed for them they just a actors just talk on them on the in the camera and will replace with the with the footage yeah this it, it was it's important to note that they filmed this as a non-union show yeah um so they got these these people as very young for most of them, it was either like their first acting job or really close to it. They were gotten for their ability to do 
martial arts or gymnastics or whatever so that you could buy that outside the costume they had the skills that the Japanese actors had inside the costumes. And so when they were doing public appearances, they could do a, a few of the martial arts moves and be like, hey, look, you know, the we are deal. in fact, yeah. you know, the real deal. Um, and also, you know, to keep things cheap, they didn't do union. And they that means that they didn't pay them in accordance with union rules. And suddenly they were the biggest thing in the world and everybody was mobbing them every place they went. And uh, a few of them went, wait a minute, why are we not getting paid in accordance with the fact that we're the biggest thing on the planet right now? Which and, and, being told, and being told, we're going to make a movie. Yeah. So, and so not only are these go are they are the on the hottest show on TV, the biggest show on TV, now they're going to be movie stars. So And it wasn't just that they were going to be movie stars, it's that during your hiatus on your TV series, you now don't get to spend it resting from your TV series, which is very physical and requires, you know, a lot of stunts and everything. But now you have to spend your break time filming a movie. And unlike the TV show, the movie was not using any Japanese footage. They and were going to be required to do everything themselves for the first time, including being in the Power Rangers costumes. And we're filming this halfway around the world. Last week we talked about an animated movie that took place in Sydney. This movie was filmed in Sydney. Yeah. So now, now we're going to have you fly halfway around the world and do all of that. So we have uh, so three of the actors, Austin St. John, who played Jason the Red Ranger, Walter Jones, who played the, Zach the Black Ranger, and Tui Trang, who played Trini the Yellow Ranger. All of them made their complaints to their agent. At the time, all three of them had the same agent. Then the agent told them, well, if they're not going to pay you movie star quality pay for to film a movie then you should just walk off set what are they going to do fire half the cast of the biggest show on tv and that's exactly what they did so now they had to recast half the power rangers for the tv show and get them ready to do this movie and i want to point out that I was a regular viewer of this movie, I mean, of this show, excuse me, uh, when this film came out. I went to this movie and was like, where's my favorite Power Ranger? Why is my favorite Power Ranger not in this movie? Because it was an absolute surprise to me that my favorite Power Ranger was not in this movie. Yeah, and they did film some episodes to kind of bridge the gap using recycled footage of the other episodes and new footage of these new actors. Three but, new actors. Yeah, but but I will say that given how Fox Kids aired things at the time, it wasn't exactly like 
the best known. And if you missed an episode or if your syndicated network aired things out of order, which my network always did, it wasn't exactly like you could just go on Wikipedia or something. Oh, yeah, the internet was not what and, it is now. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yes, the internet existed and stuff, but I didn't have it at home. You know? Um, it wasn't like, Wikipedia wasn't a thing then. Um, fan websites were not what they were, were not what they are now, you know? And so, like, the episodes that I was seeing on TV still had the original cast. Mm -hmm. And then I went to see the movie, and there were different people in the cast. And I never saw the episodes that explained what happened. But just because of the way that my network aired the episodes. So, yes, now we enter three new actors to play the Power Rangers. Rocky, our new Red Ranger, played by Steve Cardenius. Adam, our new Black Ranger, played by Johnny Youngbotch. And Aisha, our new Yellow Ranger, played by Karen Ashley. And this also rectifies one of the glaring uh, critiques of those original Power Ranger episodes. Critiques that are still made to this day. Why did you cast an Asian woman to be the Yellow Ranger and a black man to play the Black Ranger? Ever since that first casting, they've changed up who plays, you know, what Ranger. Um, and so they've been a little more, you know, a, a little, a little more thoughtful in kind in of their, who yeah. who who ends up in in what suit. The thing is, though, is that I do remember being like, oh, okay, this is, are we going to explain why there's new people? Nope, we're not. Okay, all right. <laughs> just going to move on. <laughs> just going to move on. Who are these people? Why are they here? We're not just, okay. Because, again, as far as I knew in the TV show, there was one set of Power Rangers, and in this movie, there was a different set of Power Rangers. And then when you get back to the show, and they started airing, like, season three, and here's the same actors, and now they're just in the show. Yeah, let's talk about how this movie connects to season three. Spoiler it alert, it doesn't. <laughs> this movie is not canon to the show in any way. This movie has a completely different uh, storyline to season three uh it's supposed to bridge the, the original idea i think was that it was supposed to bridge the gap and show how they got the new um Ninja megazords and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff because the problem with using the footage from super sentai is as you just said they changed costumes and uh mechas and all that kind of stuff Every single season, basically. And if you're using it for Power Rangers, you only have a limited amount of footage before the footage from Japan changes costumes and mechas and all that. So you have to explain why are the costumes different? Why are they using new robots? Why are they, you know? 
And so this movie was supposed to be like explaining why everything looks different in the show now. And then they just decided to go ahead and film an entire new multi-part start that explained on the show why everything looks different now. And it's a completely different story from this movie. So this movie just exists in its own universe with no connection to the show whatsoever. Ninja! I'll I'll, I'll take Dulcia over Ninja any day. <laughs> Honestly, after seeing this movie... I stopped watching Power Rangers. Huh. It tur- you know, I I call myself a Power Rangers fan and it tur- it it really is I only watch Power Rangers up through this movie. I was such a big fan of the original group of Power Rangers and this movie was kind of what did I was like no, my group is gone and I'm I, I watched, like, a couple of episodes of, like, season three or whatever, and I was like, no, no, I'm done. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the problems keep on piling up with this movie. This They had to reshoot this movie, like, three times. And, of course, the movie went over budget, over time, so what was supposed to be... Oh, you're just gonna be in the in the you know your break between October and December. Oh, okay. Now we're extending that into January, into February. Yeah, the cast was supposed to just film in the break between seasons, and because of the extensive reshoots, they ended up having to film the third of, season and no, second, second. It was the second half of season two. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, but but they ended up having to film one of the seasons and the movie at the same time because the movie went over schedule by Can, uh, a, a large amount. Yeah. So imagine you're you're filming your your footage in the morning. So at least you're only filming half an episode because the rest is reused Japanese footage in the morning, and then at night you got to film the movie. <laughs> With this, both of them kind of using the same amount of physical excursion. Well, and and in the movie, remember, they are doing arguably more because they are not using any extra footage from the Super Sentai series. Yeah. Um, so they have to, to do everything. It requires more. They have to get into... The Power Rangers costumes, they have to do more stunts, they have to do in in fact, um one of one of them, I believe it was Amy Joe Johnson, was like almost injured uh pretty heavily on this film because one of the stunts went wrong. And she was not used to they were not used to doing you know, stunts with the, the actors. Uh, and, they, and they really couldn't recast one of the stars of the movie, especially if this is supposed... Well, granted, they already recasted three of them, but as well, yeah. in the movie... <laughs> well, they did recast one of the stars of the movie kind of in the middle of the movie because... Uh, I, I was getting to that. I was getting to that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gabrielle Fitzpatrick, who plays Dulcia, the secondary mentor... Uh, got hurt very early in her shoot, shooting of, of her scenes, and she had she was removed from the movie. She couldn't physically do the movie. 
So they recasted her with Mariska Hargitay, who most people might know from Law and Order SVU. So she they refilmed everything with uh, with Mariska as Dulcia. There are pictures out there that have her in the costume. And this was going into what was supposed to be the end of the filming. The you know they were going to film up until Christmas and then be done. And then they got the word, oh, we're going to film after you know through Christmas after Christmas into January. And uh, according to an interview by Mariska Hargitay, uh, she was kind of upset because. She had flown to Australia to do the movie, but she didn't. They were going to give them like a week break for the Christmas holiday. And she kind of didn't want to spend Christmas or the holidays alone because, you know, she had flown halfway around the world to do this movie. She didn't want to spend the holidays alone. And they were kind of not really willing to fly any of the cast back to the, to the United States. But uh, she didn't want to spend the holidays alone. So they agreed to send her home. And then they told her not to come back. Apparently requesting to go home for the holidays while filming the movie during a during a one week break in the schedule was considered um, considered problematic on the set. So they told her not to come back. But by this point, uh, Gabrielle Fitzpatrick had healed from her injury and then they refilmed everything that they filmed (laughs) With Mariska Hargitay, with Gabrielle Fitzpatrick back as Dulcia. Yeah, this movie has a lot of problems in it. Then there was the the monster idea. They had an idea for, you know, the, the original idea was that Ivan Ooze was going to mutate rats. And the, and the Rangers were going to fight these rat monsters. And I showed Kiki the, the picture of the rat monsters. Because they did end up using them on the show. Because, you know, best not waste what you already have. And even for the TV show Power Rangers, that was still below what they had. There was no way. Like, this was not movie quality costume. These were not even Party City quality costumes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty rough. And they changed them up. We got the uh, the Ooze Men and uh, the Tengu Warriors. They were called Tengas in the TV show, but Tengu is what they're actually called in Japanese mythology, so at least they got that right for the movie. Also, the third act of this movie had to be completely refilmed because they had an idea, the director had this idea of to retract the visors of the ranger mask so they could see the actors' faces for the uh, third act climax of the movie. There are pictures out there of the ranger actors with these see-through helmets with the visors out and they look terrible so even though they've already filmed the third act of this movie with the rangers with their mat with their helmets retracted and see the actors faces they had to completely refilm that again with the proper helmets because that those retracted helmets just look bad i don't know if, if you've seen those pictures or not I haven't, but I can already imagine. Like, you just telling me that. I'm like, that would look awful. Just in my head, there's no way that looks good. So I think that's all the backstory we can get to at this point. So let's talk about who's in this movie. They're the cast of Power Rangers. 
you know them because they're the cast of Power Rangers. Although a few did have careers afterwards. Uh, let's start with Tommy. Jason David Frank, Tommy the White Ranger. If you know nothing else about Power Rangers, you at least know who Tommy is. For better or worse, he is the most popular Power Ranger of all time. Did some MMA stuff, but mostly is known as Tommy from Power Rangers. Uh, as I've mentioned before, Karen Ashley as Aisha the Yellow Ranger. Steve Cardenas as Rocky the Red Ranger. Johnny Young Botch, Adam the Black Ranger, actually has a bit of a career now as a cartoon voice actor. A lot of anime stuff. You probably hear him in the English dub of uh, Trigon, uh, Samurai Shampoo, Full Metal Alchemist, Naruto, Bleach, Gurren Ligon. But uh, for us, uh, our us. Uh, our two, uh, the two hosts here, uh, he also was on Mighty Magiswords Yay! As, the, <laughs> as the character of Broccoli Punch, a former Power Ranger actor playing a common Rider parody. Oh, Kyle loves him some Tokusatsu. Love you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. David Yost, Billy the Blue Ranger, known as Billy the Blue Ranger. Really, the most successful of the of this cast would be Amy Jo Johnson, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, the first crush of so many young people in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, because she she went on to uh, do like uh, have parts in like Felicity. Then she did a TV show called Flashpoint, but she was a main character on that. Yeah, so. Uh, here now she did another one called the division mm-hmm. which was like a police show that she was in the the main cast in that one as well um so you know she's she's had probably the the most uh recognizable career for for people who never watched power rangers mm-hmm. uh, then we got <laughs> everyone's favorite bullies bulk and skull Jason Narvi as Skull, yeah. and Paul Schreier as Bulk, who uh, himself having a prominent voice acting career these days. B- uh, but again, he is another one that has been on Mighty Magiswords as a bully character named Flunk, who kind of bullies uh, the warriors every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Everything always goes back to bullies, I suppose. <laughs> We've mentioned uh, Gabrielle Fitzpatrick as Dulcia. She's done a few other movies. uh, Mostly known for her role on uh, NYPD Blue as Naomi. So let's get to our villain, Ivan Ooze himself, Paul Freeman. I guess you kind of do need a a character actor to to play your villain in this kind of thing. And he has a pretty good career of himself. He was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, he's uh, Belloc. Yeah. So we've we've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he also uh, showed up in uh, Hot Fuzz, the Simon Pegg movie. Mm. Um, you know, he pop he pops up every now and then. I'm a big uh, Sherlock Holmes fan, and he's in a infamous uh, 
Sherlock Holmes movie called Without a Clue, um, where he played uh, Moriarty. Hmm. So uh, he's known to the the Holmes fandom for that one. Just uh, just recently, because he's still working. Um, just recently, he's been in that uh, TV series that they made from The Man Who Fell to Earth, hmm. um, where he he was in that an episode of that. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I just know he was he was in that. So. And uh, rounding out our cast is our Saban voice actors who reprised their roles in the movie that they had in the show. Uh, Kirigan Mahan as Goldar, Robert Manahan as Zordon, Robert Axelrod as Lord Zed, Barbara Goodson as Rita Repulsa. You mentioned Dragon Ball Z. Um, Barbara Goodson has the uh, distinguished honor of being the first American voice actor for Goku in the original 80s dub of Dragon Ball way back in the day. But she's done a bunch. She's mostly known as a, as a voice actor. She was the voice of Red Fraggle in the animated Fraggle Rock. Song's mother in Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, she went from playing Evil Space Witch in Power Rangers to playing Evil Space Witch in Star Wars because she's also the, vo- the voice of Mother Talzin, uh, a.k.a. Darth Maul's mother. So there's a there's there's that, and last but not least, I would I it would be a, a a a it would be an insult to myself if I didn't mention him, the best for last. He's credited in this movie as Richard Wood, but you probably know him better as Richard Horvitz. He's the voice of Alpha. He's the voice of Billy on Billy and Mandy, but most people might know him as the voice of Invader Zim! <laughs> yeah. Not the first time we've mentioned him on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's actually get into the plot of this movie. Not that there is much of a plot to this movie. Th- this is basically... A single episode of Power Rangers stretched beyond its breaking point. With skydiving because 90s. So, yeah, the whole... The weird crux about this movie is that if you're not paying attention, you kind of forget about Ryan's Comet, which they do bring up a bit in this movie. So the point, the 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 movie starts with the kit with the our main cast skydiving, and we find out it's a um, charity event that they're doing this for to raise money for the observatory, as what they call Ryan's Comet will be passing over the Earth in a few days. But mostly, it's like, hey, hey, kids, you want to be cool? These are what cool people do: they skydive, they rollerblade. Aren't these teenagers with attitude cool? But uh, yeah, yeah it, the nineties the were so weird. You know, looking back with the the twenty twenty hindsight, you know, because it was like the eye, the eyes of a forty year old looking back to what we looked at when we were ten. <laughs> yeah, it is like, you know, boy, everybody's gonna be skydiving and. Everybody's gonna rollerblade everywhere. All we That's needed was be our lives. All we needed was bungee jumping for the trifecta. Yeah, if if they'd also gone bungee jumping, that's that's true. 
Because he's doing the, you know, Tommy at least is doing the bit where he's like skydiving with a snowboard on his feet, which I never entirely got. Like, I got if you're jumping out of a plane to then jump onto a mountain that is covered in snow. But he's not doing that. He's just jumping out of a plane with that attached to his feet to then land in a park in Sydney, Australia. They make they try so hard to make this which look is like California. Standing in for, for Angel Grove, which is supposed to be somewhere in California. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The famous California monorail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's in Disney. <laughs> That's well, everybody a- needs a monorail. Yeah, it just here it's just like to make him look extra cool while he's falling out of a plane, I guess. I don't know why. Um But this is all to lead up to the 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 villain reveal. Turns out the uh there's a construction site, they're building a, a new building and they unearth a egg that contains Ivan Ooze that was buried there 6,000 years ago by Zordon. He's in an egg. The weirdest thing about it is when, like, Zed and Rita come down and they're looking at the egg and Rita just, like, shoves her hand in it and she's like, ew, what is this? And Zed's like, wait for it. And then the goo forms into... Ivan and I'm like so what did she just stick her hand in like is she just like here's part of your liver take it back like you know if this was a PG-13 movie he might have been a different part of his body yeah like what 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 is on her hand still like it does she just have like part of him (laughs) like you know like if it's the Orville or whatever and you do that to yaff it he's just like yeah whatever just stick it anywhere it's fine like but, like, what part of Ivan is that that's just, like, she just, like, scooped part of him out before she knew it was a person? But I do, I do like, at first, Rita tries to make Zed jealous by calling Ooze a real man. <laughs> because Can I just, I just have to say something about the Ivan-Zed-Rita trifecta here. I feel so bad for Rita because, okay, when when Power Rangers starts, okay, the first episode is, like, Rita crawling out of her little trash can, like, finally, after a thousand years, I'm free, you know, okay. And Rita is, like, the big bad. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, it's like, Zed shows up and just starts swinging big stick right yeah and then rita's like yeah whatever lord said okay fine and it's fine because like that's her husband question mark or whatever i don't know i never got the relationship between rita and zed so rita's like second banana now yeah and then all of a sudden in this movie ivan shows up and he you know zed's like get out of my chair or whatever and ivan's like ooh it tickles whatever go in the snow globe <laughs> and now rita's like third banana and i'm like rita 
get your crap together. Why are you letting these men walk over you? You are an absolute boss bee. Come on, girl. Like, step up. What is with this? You were the queen. What is with all these men just coming in and ganking your style? Like, step up. Start doing some assassinations or something. Are you an evil queen or not? So, yeah, they ended up turning her good by the time we hit, the time we, we hit, like... Oh, that's disgusting. Seven. Don't do that. No, no. <laughs> like, girl, get yourself an executioner. Start taking back what's yours. Come on. You want her to go full Hela. I mean, no. In the end, Hela was kind of, like, madly ineffective. But, come on. I mean, great aesthetics, but wildly ineffective. Paul Freeman is just chewing the scenery in every scene he's in. Because you kind of got to. It's a Power Rangers movie. You're a Power Rangers villain. That's kind of what you do. You, you know? He, yeah, he, you, uh, the, as the phrase goes these days, he understood the assignment. <laughs> oh, yes. You, you wander in. You scream something about horrible teenagers you scream make my monster grow and then you you know get your butt kicked by said teenagers that's that's the job yeah but i must say the fight scenes are amazing in this movie the the the, the fight scenes with the rangers fighting the oozmen the fight the rangers fighting the the tangas the rock monsters you know um the 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 giant dinosaur skeleton when they get on Thados. It's so the fight scenes are well choreographed and well well done. Again, mostly because you have actors who are either professional martial artists or professional gymnasts and actually can do the choreography. Yeah, this is honestly for the the first time really in the entire series the actors are able to do what they were paid to do like this is kind of why they were cast mm -hmm. in the show if you watch the first couple of seasons of the show they would give them all these really weird setups just to kind of show off what the actors could do like today in angel grove it's the random gymnastics competition here, Kimberly, do some gymnastics. It's the martial it, arts competition. Here, Tommy, do some martial arts. Yeah, it, it would it would really be like, and today it's just Tommy and Jason having a friendly sparring match in a park for no reason. Oh, or, look, some putties show up. Yeah, you know, it, it just they would constantly write these weird scenes just so they could show off what the actors could do. Otherwise, it would just be random people saying nonsense until we could cut away to the Super Sentai footage. Um, but in this, they were actually able to sort of write a story that allowed the actors to more organically do all that stuff themselves. Um, and the ninja costumes that they gave them on Fados 
allowed them to be able to fight and you could see their faces a little bit more. Yeah. Um, some of it was, you know, they had to still have the the kind of ninja face covering so they could swap in and out for the actual stunt people for the more dangerous wire work and stuff. But mm. um but it was better because you could actually tell in the close-ups that a lot of it was the real actors. Some of it, though, some of the fight choreography is just beyond silly, and that's when it reaches epic levels of proportion. But it's still, you know, it fits in the Power Rangers vibe. Oh, yeah. my f- Possibly my favorite bit of choreography in the whole movie is right at the beginning, the first time they fight the ooze men mm-hmm. where they're trying they're all split up in the quarry and ivan leads them there to fight his like you know his version of putties you know his little yeah. ooze beings and they're fighting and billy punches one of them and realizes that they'll cover you with ooze if you punch them and he's like ew and Kimberly's like, we've got to group up. And she starts doing backflips for no other reason than she's a gymnast and can do backflips. And And then then Billy goes right behind you. And he also starts doing backflips for no reason. Because David Yost is a gymnast. (laughs) Because David Yost is also a gymnast. And so the two of them just do backflips through the entire quarry to meet up with the rest of the group for no reason beyond the fact that we have two gymnasts and we want to show them off. And then it ends with the rest of the Power Rangers grouping up as Kimberly and Billy come flipping in. And then it ends with Adam being punched into the frame and rolling from the the force of the punch and my only thought is we'll see that's what you get when you don't do backflips <laughs> and it leads to you know the 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 epic morph scene because it's powering you just got to have the morph scene it's morphing time and the ooze men become the smartest minions in the power rangers franchise because how many times have you asked hey, while they're transforming and doing their flip and announcing their name and posing, why are the bad guys still just standing there? The ooze men actually get it in their brain. Oh, let's get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, and they, like, run away to, like, a car park or something. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Right after they do all the Power Rangers stuff, they morph, they flip, they pose. And then there's Kim, like, where did they go? It's like they hold ass. That's where they went. Like, does not compute. They're turning into Power Rangers. We're getting out of here. They're supposed to stay and watch us do our performance. We're not doing it for ourselves. <laughs> this is a show. Dang it! We are putting on a show for these monsters. <laughs> the, uh, but the the thing is though is that I love how goofy this movie is but also how much that they constantly take down the tropes they have built in the first two seasons 
Which is also hysterical, because even as a kid, you know, like, watching this in 95, like, I watched this, like, opening weekend. Like, there's no way I'm I'm missing this movie, you know. So I was in the theater, like, right there. Even as a kid, you know how ridiculous this is, you know? And so to see things like Alpha and Zordon in the command center and them being, like, wait, what if Ivan gets in here? And they're like, no, nobody's getting in here without a power coin. Oh, okay, maybe somebody is getting in here without a power coin. Okay, Just oozing right through the door, of course, yeah. through the crease of the door. <laughs> Again, even though these are supposed to be, you know, big, big high budget or as high budget as this cheap production is going to get, that they kept some of the tropes like, like Zordon's mouth not matching up to what his dialogue is. In the in the in the, in the TV show, they just filmed the actor once, and they just recycled that footage over and over again, with uh, with the actor doing voiceover over it this time. But to keep the continuity of the show, for some reason, they have Zordon's mouth not being in sync with whatever he's saying. I I found that funny that they they went to that degree to keep it to keep uh to keep the little tropes in, of, of the show there. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, is that they have those moments of they could show things, but so much of this stuff is, you know, you get used to watching Power Rangers on TV, and so much of the dialogue is ADR. You know, it's it's yeah. recorded afterwards because they're doing it over footage that was filmed in Japan for a completely different TV show. And so they just have the American actors in a booth just saying whatever. In this movie, you can tell that they're doing the same thing, but for footage filmed for this movie, which is very bizarre, like all the... The head bobbing of- in the costumes... Well, no, it's not even the head bobbing in the costumes. It's for stuff that you could have filmed the faces of the actors for. But they didn't. I don't know whether it was like cheaper B-roll footage that they did of stunt actors. And they just thought, well, we'll just dub in something later. Or they thought, well, that matches the aesthetic for the show. Uh Either way, it's hilarious because it does make you just feel like you're watching an episode of the show. Like in the uh, opening when they're doing the rollerblading, some of the parts where you just see the the rollerblades and you know it's just stunt people uh, doing tricks. Professional bladers. <laughs> yeah, professional rollerbladers doing tricks off of things. But you hear things like, Wow, now I'm going to catch some air or something. You know, it's like stuff people would never say in real life, but you know that it's just they gave the actors generic lines to dub in later. And you're like, yeah, this is exactly the sort of stuff they would just be saying on the show over random footage from Super Sentai. So it's hilarious that they keep doing that over stuff that you know they filmed for this movie that they could have just done a cutaway to the actor's face 
because they do that. They, they do that they, for the skydiving scene. But the thing is, it's a little more difficult to do for the skydiving scenes. But like, but they do it for the skydiving scenes because there's that scene where yeah, you know, they're flipping around and you know, in the air, obviously filming the professional skydivers, and then you cut to green screen footage of all the actors looking at it, going, "Yay, we're doing it!" Yeah. It's it's so bizarre though the the things they do where you're like you had them there you don't have to do this isn't like you're using footage from 3 years ago from a different TV show spliced in like you you realize you were filming this movie right <laughs> like they were 5 feet away from you just point a camera at them like <laughs> But it's it's weirdly appropriate because it does fit the tone of the show. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that I loved is you know you mentioned that the show started the same year as Jurassic Park, and then we have the bit where they end up on Phaedos and they're they have the weird reason. dinosaur bone fight where they're all fighting and riding the dinosaur bones. And Billy even makes the joke, or Adam makes Adam, the joke yeah. about "Welcome to Jurassic Park," and Billy's like, "Stop it, you know." Um, uh, breaking the cardinal rule of mentioning a better movie in your movie. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the mystery size theater rule. Don't mention a better movie in the middle of your crappy movie. But the uh, but the the thing that annoys me is that Jurassic Park was two years before this movie comes out. Mm-hmm. And these are the special effects we get in this movie. Because they're doing are, this on the cheap. I mean, look at... But there are video games that came out at this time that had better graphics than this movie. Even at the time this movie came out, sitting in the theater watching this movie, I was embarrassed for this movie. I was like, oh my god, this for, is the movie you for, put out? I was going to mention this, but yeah, this movie has for the practical effects that they use for this movie, including the the, the monster costumes and wire work, and like you said, the the fight against the dinosaur skeleton. That our finale is these ugly CG monstrosities that wouldn't look that looks bad on a PlayStation. Like I said, this came out a few years right after Jurassic Park. Look at the dinosaurs, the CG dinosaurs in Jurassic Park compared to the ectomorphicon monsters in this movie and the Megazord. And the thing is, is that the weird thing is, is that on the show, when they use the footage from Super Sentai. It's a dude in a suit. It's it's a dude in a suit and it looks good. Yeah. Like, just do that. On a big screen. And yeah, it'll look cheesy, but it'll look better than whatever, like, weird PS1 graphics you've got going on here, you know? And even at the time, like, yeah, we're looking back on it, you know, current year 2022. But you you look back at the CGI in Jurassic Park, which was created two years beforehand, and it still holds up. Like, yes, you can tell it's not as good as the graphics now, 
but it's still good graphics and it still holds up and you can say yes it's an earlier model but it's fine and the stuff that's practical effects looks incredible to this day and what's so funny is the few times that they use practical effects in this film it looks good like the dinosaur bone fight that still holds up the stuff where they're actually fighting men in suits like again the fado stuff that stuff looks pretty good yeah the tengu monsters yeah look pretty good i mean they look goofy but they look power rangers they look in that same kind of super sentai kind of vibe which the, the audience is already willing to buy and the rock mo- like you said the fate of the, the, the rock monster fights against those four uh rock monsters that's actually well choreographed and the suits look good the uh, the, the ivan ooze makeup the yeah. lord zed makeup yeah looks pretty good i mean yeah it's all practical effects and it's you know a dude in a suit and some of it looks cheesy uh goldar looks fairly okay mordant looks less so but good to see pudgy pig lost weight but it's fine he looks fine. I mean, granted, it's a character for this movie, but he looks fine. I mean, this is this is a few years after that first Ninja Turtle movie, and this doesn't look that far off from that. In terms he would of have the... looked better if they'd have put some animatronics in the face. I think that the, the reason Mordent lo- doesn't look that great is because the face doesn't really move. Yeah. you. I mean, he's obviously talking, but his mouth isn't moving. Yeah, if you bothered to put some animatronics in that face, that suit looks a lot better. Which fits in with the original show because the mouse didn't move in the the monster mouse didn't move in the original show, which is fine. But you know, again, coming this is five years after the first Ninja Turtle movie, put some animatronics in the heads of these monsters, have them speak, have their mouths doesn't have to be lip flap. henson creature shop level worthy but at least have their their mouths open and closed disney does this now with their with their suit actors in their parks yeah give them some eye blinks or something occasionally it's fun you know it doesn't it's it's a kids movie we understand it's made on the cheap we understand it's power rangers if you're already watching this movie you're willing to accept that yeah but i also think like Dude in dudes in suits for the final battle would have been way better than trying to do whatever weird pseudo CGI, you know, stuff they did. And it doesn't even look like the toy, which is the guy in the suit that you see in the show. So Power Rangers' entire thing is sell toys. You're either selling toys of the Rangers you're selling toys of the monsters or you're selling toys of the Megazord. You can't really sell a toy that looks like that CG model. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about the, their transitions to their, their new, uh, animals. The, uh, the sacred animals of the Ninjetti tribe, which so happens to also be their animal spirits. 
Yeah, that the funniest thing to me is okay, so they're locked into which animals they have to use because they have to use the robots that are used on Super Sentai. Yeah. Because we have to use this footage in the next season. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we can change this because we're stuck with this color scheme and these robots that are used in the Japanese show we're pulling most of our footage from. I get it. And and they do their best to try and make it look to, to make it work with the characters. Like Kimberly's a gymnast, so she's agile. So a crane can work. Billy's the smart one, cunning, so the wolf works. Uh Rocky is supposed to be the strong one, so the ape so the ape works. You know, something, you know, yeah. They try their best to make the animals work with the characters already established. Yeah. And then we get the joke of the the movie where she gets to Adam and she's like, Adam, why do you look so sad? And he's like, I'm a frog. That's an ad lib. Yeah. <laughs> no, Johnny Umbach even said it. He That was an ad lib and the director kept it in because it was funny. <laughs> and it's hilarious, but... The thing is, is that her reply is, yes, like the one you kissed to get a prince. And then they move on because they can't think of anything for a frog. (laughs) Because the real story is, you're a frog because we built this entire show around stolen Japanese footage. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude, you're gonna have to be a frog. (laughs) And we didn't put any more thought into it than that. Uh, which I love. <laughs> they put so much thought into why everybody else is like, uh, oh, Crane, uh, cranes are agile and you're a gymnast. And yes, and wolves are cunning and you're the smart one. And frog, frog, crap. What can we do with a frog? Frogs suck. <laughs> Like, you don't even get anything like frogs eat mosquitoes. Like, you can't think, you can't think of any good thing about a frog. <laughs> like, frog, frog prince, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> are you calling Adam ugly? <laughs> Dulcia, are you calling Adam ugly? <laughs> and you know that, like, from that moment on, Adam's like, she couldn't think of anything better than that i mean yeah (laughs) and then i love how after that she just turns into jareth i was gonna go like sorceress from he-man how the sorceress turns into a a falcon to so she turns into into a barn owl she (laughs) literally turns into the same the same type of owl as jareth and labyrinth um and the funniest thing later is like when they when they finally get the great power, which is just you get your same suits back, except now they have different animal coins on them. Which I kind of hated because I really loved those ninja suits. I still to this day I want one of those ninja suits. They just released action figures of those ninja suits. They are just- so cool. But what I noticed in this rewatch that I don't think I ever noticed before is when they're, like, flying back off planet, they're like, our morphers are online. Let's go save Zordon. And 
they're flying off the planet and they go back and they, you know, go to her in her owl form. And she's like, good luck, Rangers. The owl still has like tags on its feet from like the handler. Oh, so did you, I didn't, I never noticed that. Yeah, if you go back and notice like the the tags that that captive owls have to to show that the owl still has that like they never like you know digitally removed them or actually removed them for the shot. Like so you can tell it's a captive owl, so I'm like, where's Dulcia's handler? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um and then, but, yeah. you know, they'll see an owl flies off screen. So, you know, off screen, the handler is holding up the gloved hand. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the funniest, the funniest thing, though, is I love how for years I've always been wondering, like, where does Zordon's body go? In the tube? Yeah, in, in the, the tube. In, in the show, it's explained that Rita put Zordon in a time warp. So he's technically not even on our plane of existence because his body exists in a time warp. He can only communicate by broadcasting his head into the tube. You can't really do that and have it be, oh, because they kind of done that in the show of, oh, the, the, the tube's been destroyed and we can't contact Zordon. That Zordon's been, that the signal's been lost. You so they had to up the stakes in this movie by breaking the tube, and then here's this limbless Zordon just lying in the bottom of this tube. Well, but the thing is, like, you know, the whole command center gets destroyed and everything, and then all of a sudden there's just, like, Emperor Palpatine Zordon just lying there like, Rangers, <laughs> I'm dying. Go find a great power. Easiest paycheck this actor ever did. Just lying in there, acting with old man makeup, acting like he's dying. Nicholas Bell is the actor they got for those scenes. Yeah, but it's like, you know, they they do the the thing of, you know, they they come back and they they have to to fight. And they're like, yay, we got new new Zords. And they get their Zords. And we've got the thing of, like, they're all coming in. They all look cool. And then Adam Zord comes in, like, ribbit. Ribbit, ribbit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That ribbit in the theater, I remember that so clear as they're, like, coming in. And there's all these little kids. They're like, yay, new Zords. And they it's play like, the whole ribbit. Yeah. They and played the, whole, the whole theater just burst into laughter. <laughs> and then Aisha just comes in after, like, rawr. And everybody's like, yay, but seriously, Ribbit? Because <laughs> they're playing this heroic music over it as the Zords are flying in from wherever. I guess they're flying in from Phaedos itself. Who knows? Yeah, the Ribbit. <laughs> Yeah, that that little ribbit right there, just the whole theater, just, you know, it's just like a bunch of kids who are, like, super psyched about new swords, and it's like, ribbit, they're like, not you! 
<laughs> oh, Frogzord, what can you do? I become legs. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that uh, let, let's let's back up just for half a second and talk about Ivan's plan, which is to control the world via slime. Yeah, ooze, Ivan ooze, Ivan's ooze, which is you know you remember Gak. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you don't have to remember Gak, because Slime has come back recently in just the last couple of years. Yeah. That's been the big thing for kids over the last couple of years. I think it's it's not, I think it faded out again. But just before the pandemic, that was, like, the the biggest thing. Stores couldn't keep glue in in stock. Yeah, I'm so glad I never got into that during the 90s when it, when that was the big craze. But the poor parents that had to wash that stuff all off, the, off their couches and carpets and stuff. I had some of it. I had I had some gack. I had some phloam. I had some, you know, I mean, I had. But, I mean, I didn't have a lot of it. You know, I, I tried, like, a, one of each. Mm-hmm. You know. And it was, it was all right. But the thing is, like, it gets dirty real quick, especially the slime stuff. Like, the second it touches anything with dust, it, like, I mean, you know, it's like. Like Silly Putty. Yeah, it's like Silly Putty. Like, Silly Putty is really fun. And the second it touches any kind of dirt, it's like, well. It just lives in your silly buddy now, you know? Yeah. Um, same thing. But the the most unrealistic thing to me is when he's like, Hey kids, don't you want free slime? And one of the kids goes, I don't know, it looks kinda gross. And the kid's like, Yeah. And I'm like, had the writer of this movie ever met a child? Like Hey kid, do you want free slime? Yes, I want all of the free slime. That's immediate. Like, I'm not saying there's not a kid that would be like, ew, that looks gross. But like, in general, it's like, hey, do you want something that's slimy and sticky and you play with it and that's all it does? Like, most kids are going to go like, wow, that looks slimy and sticky and you're giving it to me for free? Yes, please. I mean, most kids are using that to make fart noises. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, immediately they'd be like, what do you what do you do with it? Well, you know, it's slimy and sticky and you could throw it at your friends and it'll make them slimy and sticky. And also it makes fart noises if you, like, jam your hand into it like this. Like, okay, yeah, that's all I want in life. Like, to gross other people out and make fart noises. Like, yeah, that's kind of just most kids. Yeah, so um, you can, uh, uh, Paul Freeman in this... D&D wizard outfit handing out bottles of this ooze to kids. Yeah, and then he's like, go home and show it to your parents, and if they don't like it, throw it at them. And they're like, yeah. So yeah, the, the it even says on the bottle, safe for kids, adults beware. So we have ooze that is safe for a child to touch, but once an adult touches it, he becomes a mindless servant of Ivan Ooze. Uh, how does the ooze know what is a child and what is an adult? Is is there some sort of age uh, 
age to decide because uh, Bulk and Skull are clearly supposed to be the same age as the Power Rangers, and they are on the older side of the teenage spectrum. Yet the ooze doesn't affect them. Do we ever see them touching the ooze? Because I don't remember seeing them like playing with the ooze or touching the ooze. They're hanging around with the these two older teenagers are hanging out with a bunch of children playing with ooze. Sure, that's that 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 that's not going to raise any questions. But what I'm saying is like we we do see that like you have to handle the stuff that's in the jar because yeah. we see like how it impacts the the father. The father like he picks up the jar and looks at it and he's like what is this stuff and it doesn't do anything to him until he opens it up and physically touches it. Yeah. And it might just have like a thing of like because I, I, in watching this movie, I'm like, well, what about, like, people that don't have kids or, oh, yeah, like... He, spe he specifically says the parents of Angel Grove. So maybe because Polk and Skull don't have any children, it doesn't yeah. affect them. If you're an adult, if you're a single childless adult, uh, you can but, touch Ivan Ooze and you'll be fine. <laughs> well, I, or I'm just wondering, like, what happened to all the other adults? Are all adults in Angel Grove parents? <laughs> Or, or or maybe if, like, maybe he gave them a command to, like, go out and infect other adults, like, take the use and, like, hand it to other adults or throw it at other adults. He may know? not have needed to because he said he gave one, he gave at least one bottle of ooze to every kid he saw. And then they take it home and then they show it to the parents. And But what I'm saying is, like, you know. A strange kid comes up to me and goes like, here, you want some slime? I'm going to be like, no, child. Please go away. And then, they say you, it, 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 then they're going to throw throw it in your face because I haven't really said so. Maybe. But I'm pretty good at dodge. I have a high dodge score. Your hair is already purple. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, But yeah, he... But uh, Ivan Ooze is a really for someone who's supposed to be this six thousand year old root of all evil kind of character. He he follows proper safety protocols because all of the adults are wearing hard hats. Some are even wearing uh, vests as they dig up and dig up the ectomorphicons and work in the factory and everything. Yeah, I, I found that hilarious too. I'm like. He's really worried about OSHA and Angel Grove. <laughs> like, yeah. The um, the other thing is, is I love that from inside his egg, buried deep underground in Angel Grove, the he was apparently able to keep track of human history. Oh, the things I have missed. I love that scene. Yeah. The Black Plague, the Spanish Inquisition, the Brady Bunch reunion. I love that his three evils that he has missed were the, the Black Plague, the Spanish Inquisition, and the Brady Bunch reunion. The Brady Bunch reunion wasn't that bad. I mean... Yeah. The series, the series that followed it was... The, uh, that, the series that preceded it also was. I... <laughs> the, um, 
He could have said the Gilligan's Island reunion. <laughs> the the thing is that which is uh, and I got one more funny because wouldn't like a year or two after this movie come out, we would actually get the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, <laughs> they. But he's he also seems just very up to date on everything, uh, through his use of slang and you know. Where's my autograph book? Yeah, it's 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 the Robin Williams genie effect. It really it's, is. Except is there was there there are there's at least a little bit of understanding in the genie because the genie is supposed to be all powerful, mm. you know. I even less so. But we we finally get to you know the the bit where they have to come back and and fight Ivan, you know, using their their new zords and Ivan is like, "Well, you know, I've got my ectomorpha coolers or whatever dumb I thing feel- he's got." Your giant robots versus my giant robots. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's ordered all the parents to leap to their deaths. So the kids have to go save their parents and the rangers have to to beat the giant robots. The thing is, is that Ivan does the thing where now he is growing big. So now Ivan's giant and he's got giant robots Giant CG Ivan Ooze slash Robot Mantis. Yeah. But why, a ramp, why a Mantis and a Scorpion, but sure, why not? You know, most of the last part of the movie is just the the big fight scene. It's it's not really a lot of plot, but... It's, it's, it's a Megazord fight. Yeah, now, granted, it's just mo- a mo- really long Megazord fight. Now, granted, most Megazord fights in the show are like one or two minutes, and half of that is the Zords coming together. The thing that's different about this one, though, is it finally does bring back that Chekhov's Comet with them realizing that if they take Giant Ivan up into space, they can throw him at the Comet or throw the Comet at him or, you know, however... Ivan is kicking their ass. Yeah, they're not doing well in this fight. So this brand is their last... Brand new powers, brand new Zords, and the Power Sword is destroyed five minutes into the fight. Like, he's beating their ass. He is punching them like they're a jobber at a preliminary pro wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. But so... there, the, we do get the one kind of interesting thing, which is that as they're flying him up into space, they fly him past the moon, and you see uh, Rita and Zed trapped in the little snow globe being like, you know what, uh, we hate the Power Rangers, but they're fighting Ivan, so go Power Rangers! <laughs> we hate the Power Rangers, but we hate Ivan more. <laughs> yeah. And... This is one of the weirdest jokes, question mark, in all of Power Rangers history, I think, which is Aisha hitting the break for emergency, you know, the break glass for emergency thing, 
and discovering that it triggers a knee to the tenders of your opponent. So Ivan Ooze, despite having merged with a robot, still has balls. Or whatever Ivan has in that particular spot. Something tender to kick. A cross hit still hurts Ivan. That's a joke for the adults, I assume. <laughs> you it's never just see that weird. In the... Like, why? Why is there a break for you know break glass for emergency button? That's just a swift upper knee. <laughs> yeah, because hey. Power Rangers. <laughs> because Power Rangers. That's my answer to everything. Why does this happen? Because Power Rangers. Okay. But <laughs> that's that's what finally breaks his hold on them and knocks him into the comet. And the comet hits him and destroys him and, you know, whatever. Yeah, and um, the bad guy is destroyed. Everything goes back to normal because that's how it works in Power Rangers. Once the monster is destroyed, anything he does is instantly reversed. Yeah. Including, I guess, all the buildings that get destroyed, because it's the only way to figure out why Angel Grove is not constantly just a pile of rubble. The rent must be really cheap in Angel Grove. It's like, you know, Mar New York and Marvel. The rent must be really cheap with the amount of attacks that happen in it. <laughs> yeah. The um, Then we get them back in the control room, and they're like, Zordon, we... We killed the monster. Yay, Ivan's dead. We smashed him with a comet. I'm sorry, Rangers. You're too late. Zordon's dead. And then we get possibly the weirdest and dumbest thing in this whole weird and dumb movie, which is Tommy going, remember, if you have the great power, anything is possible, including apparently reversing time and raising the dead. That's what Dulcia told him, that if you have the great power, you can do anything. And they really took that literally. You can do anything. So they use their power, they fix the command center, and they bring Zordon back to life. <laughs> Maybe that's how the buildings get fixed in Angel Grove. All the Power Rangers just stand in a circle around the building, and they use the great power to fix it. <laughs> Yeah, that it's the creepiest thing in the in the world to me. Because I'm like, you know, are you gods now? Like, what is this? This has some creepy implications. And is, but you know, you'll lose the power in a year when we when we have new toys to sell. <laughs> yeah. Then of course we we get our our yay everything is back to normal scene, and they're all eating just the most insane amount of seafood they really are like look at what they're eating in that last in that last scene that is like so much expensive seafood <laughs> who are these kids where did they get the money to afford all of that <laughs> i guess with the great power you also get an unlimited credit card because sure. Wow, that is an intense amount of seafood. And, you know, they joke with the little kid that has been throughout this movie that he's going to be the, the Power the Ranger. Power Ranger. I'm going to be the Silver Ranger. No, the Gold Ranger. 
I'm going to be king of all the rangers. You will bow before me. While fireworks play, while fireworks go off and Van Halen plays. <laughs> yeah. And then Bulk and Skull are really mad because everybody's thanking the Power Rangers. But they really did everything. We saved the city. We Thank turned down Bulk the water Skull. pump. We turned down the water pump that the kid used to stop the parents from jumping off the cliff. Don't we get some credit? <laughs> I mean, for once, I do slightly agree with Bulk and Skull. I mean, thank you for, you know, helping save the parents. You actually did something. Yeah. Usually in the show when they're like, hey, we did things, they actually didn't. But in the movie, they actually did. This is like the one time I agree with them because they were actually useful in this movie. They do indeed deserve some credit. Ugh. And we do get a little uh, mid-credit, mid-credit scene, scene yeah. where Goldar tries to take over the throne because everybody's either in a snow globe or smashed by a comet. He's like, yay, King Goldar! And then Rita and Zed show up and they're like, uh, excuse me? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Which is a uh, thing I thought was made for this movie because it was the only context I had for that song. But apparently it was like a really big hit in like England or something. And they just brought it over and used it for this movie because they thought it was going to be a big hit over here. And it was not because everybody in America just remembers it as the, the song in the Power Rangers movie. Because, yeah, they made a brand new music video for the American audience with featured footage from the movie. They had the Alpha 5 costume from the movie in the, in the, in the music video. You know, because Power Rangers who are supposed to help people and, and do the right thing. And here's the song about these two girls in England singing about stealing the car, steal, stealing a car because they missed the night bus. Yeah, I actually went and watched the original music video that they made for it. And I hate to say it, but just putting random clips from the Power Rangers movie (laughs) together made a better music video than their original music video. Because if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's supposed to be like they were at a party and they miss their curfew, and so when they get home, their parents are going to kill them because they miss their curfew, and oh no, they're going to be in trouble, and they're going to get grounded, and they're going to lose all their privileges and stuff, and it's supposed to just be them trying to figure out ways to get home before their parents, you know, figure it out. And one of these involves stealing a car. Yeah, and then they get caught by the cops, and then like, you know, it just, it keeps escalating. The music video has these two girls looking so bored. Like, the lyrics to the song are supposed to be like, holy crap, our parents are going to beat our butts because we have, like, stayed out and stolen a car and the cops chased us. We are going to be grounded until we are 35. The girls, the way the girls look in the music video are like, Yeah, so, like, we stole a car, and we should probably get home at some point, but, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. (laughs) Like, their facial expressions do not 
give the gravity of this situation at all. So the Power Rangers video actually kind of looks a little more animated than what their original video looks. Because I know they're trying to be cool or whatever, like they're trying to give that aesthetic. But what it just gives, like, we do not give a crap, like we are not, we're we're not bothered by this situation whatsoever. I mean, the soundtrack itself, the music in this movie, I actually own the CD soundtrack of it still to this day. And like the number of artists they got to do, like they have Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a song for this movie, a cover of Higher Ground. Devo is doing a song in this movie, Are You Ready? Which makes a great fight song. Of course, you know, it's Power Rangers. So I've got the power. Yeah. Uh, Van uh, Halen's Dreams, uh, Dan Hartman, a song from the 70s, Free Ride, while they're roller, nothing says rollerblading is cool than like a song from the 70s. And the one that really got me, They Might Be Giants, Sense Around is in this movie. It's played for like five seconds in like the dad's car <laughs> when yeah. he comes home. But dad yeah. Dad has excellent taste in music. But, yeah. of course, we have to talk about the biggest banger from this movie. The Power Rangers theme itself? <laughs> well, no. I mean, that, that, that's always going to be a banger. But Power Alpha Jet. Song! Ay, 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 ay. Alpha Song! That is the biggest banger. Come that should have been the single. Yeah. <laughs> At least Power Jet, who does the song, actually sounds like they've actually watched the show. Yeah, that, that the lyrics to that song are amazing. Like it Rita, actually knows what they're talking about. The Zords have been destroyed. Rita is wrecking the place. We have a plan, but we need you to help us, Alpha. Ay 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 ay. That is the gist of the song. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, it, it's a Power Ranger episode in song form. It's so good. And you cannot skip the credits of this movie because that song is playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great, such a great song. Love it. Love it to this day. I sang it all the time as a kid. And it, like, it's so good. You put on that song, I will dance. <laughs> so yeah, the soundtrack to this movie is better than the entire movie. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, there's a slightly uh, remixed version of Kung Fu Fighting. Because, yeah, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, yeah, why not? But, yeah, that, that the version of the Power Rangers theme in this movie, is, it's th still my favorite version of the theme. It's just, it has that epic feel to it. Especially when you're seeing the, the Rangers morphing and the Megazord coming together. Yeah. Power Rangers will continue for many years after this. All on the Fox Network, all the way until 2001 with Power Rangers Time Force, at which Saban Productions was sold to Disney. And Disney produced several series after that, starting with uh, 2002's Power Rangers Wild Force, all the way until 2009's Power Rangers RPM, which then they sold the franchise back to Saban. <laughs> Gee, what else did Disney buy in 2009? That would make them not want their uh, their superhero franchise anymore. Gee, I wonder what. <laughs> yeah, Disney bought Marvel. <laughs> so Marvel is both the reason we kind of have Power Rangers 
and the reason Disney sold Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, Saban did bring it back, uh, bring back Power Rangers 2011 with Power Rangers Samurai. By 2018, Power Rangers Dino Charge. They had Saban had sold the franchise again to its current owner Hasbro, which is why I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm still kind of confused who actually owns this movie. Does Saban own this movie? Does Fox own this movie? Does Disney own this movie? Does Hasbro own this movie? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but it's time to ask the question, Kiki. Does Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie have the magic? I'm gonna say no. Hmm. Watching this back as an adult, I was like, oh yeah, this this is a thing that this this really it's part of my childhood i appreciate that it was part of my childhood i still get hyped for parts of it but no <laughs> it's I, it's like... a nostalgia hit and that's that's it I'm actually going to say yes, because, yeah, the nostalgia hit is one thing, but it's, it, this is, at least for me, it's in the category of so bad it's good. It gets so far out of left field that it turns around and comes back and it's actually entertaining. I put this on the same level as I would put, like, the Masters of the Universe movie, the Super Mario movie, the Street Fighter movie, in that so bad it's good category at least for me our opinions may differ and that's fine but for me there's still something here i'll say magic so yeah i mean for, for me it just it just kind of in a lot of places it just kind of left me bored fair enough yeah so let's move on to next week Kiki, it's time to go back to school. It seems like that happens earlier and earlier every year. We're also going to go back into another Shakespearean adaptation. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Another 90s movie. Yeah, 90s teen romance comedy. It was uh, a, a big one for a lot of us back in the day. Yeah. Young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a young Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, which was like everywhere in the 90s. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that one holds up next week. Yeah. And uh, so come back for next week for 10 Things I Hate About You. And uh, I'm going to take a different route to end this one. Uh, I'm going to take one of Zordon's lines and I'm going to close out with let the power protect you. Bye. Bye. If you want to help the fight for human rights in the U.S., the American Civil Liberties Union works to protect constitutional rights for all Americans. Their website is ACLU.org. If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. The fight continues.
Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.